Hi, Michelle. Hi, Tara Bang. How's Hi. it going? Going really awesome. I'm excited. Yeah, yeah. And Tara Bang, we've got um, a special guest. That's why I think Michelle's excited. Is that why yes. you're excited? That's okay, why yeah, I'm yeah, excited. Yeah, yeah. yeah we have okay. a friend of the podcast today. A lovely friend of the podcast. Um, this is Steven. He is one of our friends or my friends from uni. Michelle just met him like less than, I don't know, a little while ago. Um, but we were fully in different circles uh, uh, before, mm-hmm. but now we have the pleasure of Stephen joining us. Welcome, Stephen. Hey, Stephanie. Hey, Michelle. Hello, and Terabang. Exciting. But, so, yeah, yeah. Stephen, like, tell us about yourself if you want, or like how you've you know gotten to know the podcast, or whatever, whatever you want to share. Yeah. So, uh, you know, Stephanie said uh, we went same. Uh, same college you know and and stuff and uh and she just one time came up came up or messaged me and said oh we're you know uh me and my friend michelle are doing this podcast uh just kind of you know just talking about stuff we enjoy but it's uh, really cool you know why, why don't you give it a listen and so i uh, started listening and it's just kind of fun fun chat between friends and uh and uh when stephanie uh brought the opportunity like hey you know we're, we're thinking of you know doing some fun stuff on the podcast uh would you like to come on you know for an episode I'd be like yeah that's blast it's like chatting <laughs> with you guys and uh uh and in Terabang and having a great time so happy to be here awesome. I'm listener to guests wow yeah great speaking move. of blast I Terabang we also in our prep conversation have had like an ongoing theme of NASA and stars star themed soda drink things and so that might be I might be calling it predicting that's our motif for this episode is <laughs> star power blasting. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. But how's everyone been? What have y'all been up to? Or how's your weekend been going? I'm doing all right. I've been making, I've, I've gotten to a new craft lately, um, glass making and um, with like borosilicate glass and I'm making like marbles and vortex marbles and uh, twisty marbles and all kinds of fun Mar- marbles is like the, the loose general term for like a spherical thing it doesn't have to be super tiny but mm-hmm. um i am kind of falling in love with the the craft and i want to make some space marbles soon so with like opals and like dust and or not dust but like you know tiny glass pieces like they call it frit um to make it look kind of like starry that's like a shimmer to it a little bit yeah you know how like i think you and i michelle we talked about uh we had i have another one that i bought ages ago called that you call a toilet flush <laughs> um it looks it, like it, a doctor in an endearing way <sighs> it is not it looks like a doctor okay, strange all, like the also spiral an empty when, toilet when he, flush like, not like up, a when he opens toilet up, like, flush the, when he opens up like those portals to like go from place a to b you the know, sling ring the, the sling ring yes thank you steven um where you know he opens and it's got that like wonderful orange shimmer and this one it's it's like green and purple hang on let me get it um and so i can like hold it um but it's you know it's it's i it does kind of look a little bit like a toilet flush but like the most beautiful toilet flush i've ever seen um because it's like shimmery and it twists and turns but like it's just very mesmerizing it looks deeper than the actual ball vortex like a time vortex yes, whirlpool exactly yeah and Terabank, stephanie's showing yeah. us on the on the computer yeah it's really cool it has a kind of an iridescence to it and yet michelle calls it the toilet flush and that's all i can i think feel of so now. i didn't realize that i said that 
and I, I showed you it. this exact thing. I think maybe when I sent it to you, it was like a picture. It was like, 2D. yeah, it would have been a picture. Yeah. But, but um, my goal is to create very glorified toilet flushes <laughs> better than the one I currently have. <laughs> no, it's very, very pretty. That's awesome. No, it does seem you're getting more into that. And I know you're like interested in just going to, to the studio and to just tinker around. Yeah, it's fun with it. That's awesome. Have you been Steven? I've been going pretty well. Um, one thing that I've been trying to do a little bit more of lately is, uh, you know, trying new foods, uh, both restaurants. And then also I, um, for Christmas, I got an air fryer. So I'm going to have to try Ooh. to figure that one out. Uh, I, I've never used one. I mean, I think they're supposed to be really easy, but um, apparently I've, I bought a box of Hot Pockets from the store the other day, and now they have air fryer instructions for Hot Ooh. Pockets. I mean- Obviously, down the line, I want to make something better, fancier, you know. Essentially, it's but, it's just a tiny oven, right? It, yeah, it's kind of like, it looks almost like a pressure cooker thing, but it's I not. Think they can, I, some I don't of know them how can, it really works. So I understand the pressure cooker, like the pressure comes from the the the, the lid itself, right? Like it kind of seals it and then the press, that's where the pressure is. And then for the air fryer. Which is a convection, this, kind of a current. For Instapot, like. Yeah, that would make sense why and yeah, then, like you said, convection current. Um, but I've been told if you just want to think about it simplistically, it's just a very tiny oven. So, that would make sense. Yeah. So my question, Stephen, you mentioned the hot pocket packaging. We're getting specific here, but so because it's like limited space on the package. So and usually on those things, it's this instructions like for microwave colon and then like a few lines of instructions and for oven colon and then for toaster oven. So now you're saying, is it replaced? Has the air fryer instructions replaced the toaster oven section, or is there like four groups? Or is it like toaster oven? So, slash so the, the, there's a, a couple things. Um, I did leave out one detail that um, I bought a dozen hot pocket size box, so there's plenty of box space. You're being honest um, with yourself, though. <laughs> but then also, um, I just saw the the part on the front about the air fryer. I haven't, I haven't, uh, okay. I, have have been hesitant to uh, experiment with my culinary methods of hot pockets yet. You so got I twelve to, to mess yet. up and identify the perfect formulation of heat. That is true. Yeah, mastering the 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 uh, craft of the air the fryer hot, hot pocket, pocket reheat. Yeah, yeah, so but connect, but but yeah. um, that's just kind of the beginner thing I'm going to try. Obviously, going to try to be more culinarily inventive and adventurous, and uh, in both my. Uh, my cooking skills and the you know exploring new new places that was uh, my new thing, resolution but... to like be a little more adventurous in my cooking endeavors this year really well. yeah i think yeah. that's that's really good one i mean i i do a little bit of the the same um a lot of times and oh definitely you'll you'll know what i'm talking about on this um i do uh these these meal deliveries uh that that are pre-made and mm-hmm. they're microwavable and that's really great during the week when I come home from work mm-hmm. and I, I mean one I'm not a great chef but two I'm you know worn out from the day just Don't tell yourself get dinner sure, done. yeah <laughs> thanks but uh yeah so there was this meal service I was using called freshly until just recently and I'm you know going along be like okay my meals and everything and I get a get a message from Stephanie and she tells me that she saw something saying that they were shutting down. RIP. And, and and this and this, you know, like she she'd been ordering some from them, you know, I think intermittently recently a little bit, but like 
I, had I just wanted to get the like... last portion of my deal. I think yeah. there was like a three order deal and I was on the third order and I was like, hmm. oh, I better use it. Yeah. Oh, okay, that makes more sense. But like I had been doing this for like multiple years. It's kind of oh, like boy. part of my regular wow. routine. And then it's just like, oh no, this 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 little service like that, like in the whole scheme of things, isn't very important. Like, oh no, what am I gonna do for <laughs> now food I have now? To go so now 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 food. I have to like do I do I go go like scavenge and like <laughs> explore the wilderness and hunter gatherer just, yeah, just, like, just with a basket and berries and yeah. like but no no it's uh that kind of ties into the uh working on my culinary stuff for the year although uh i may be looking for a a, a replacement alternative, yeah, alternative as well yeah i was just thinking wait is it so it's already out of business or it's oh, like yeah it, it already um oh, i think the I think this past week was, was my last, last one the 17th of January yeah. was supposed to be their last delivery uh, or something. Or, it was oh. the last order. My, my yeah. last meals were this this week, which... Um, we're recording around the end What of is this week? Yeah. But um, no, and it, it was like really helpful just because like literally you just stick it in the microwave for like two or three minutes and that's it. So... It's like it's, it's, mm. it's pre-prepped meals, but it's not frozen, if that makes sense. Oh yeah. So, okay. Um, it's like you know, Hello Fresh, but instead of them just giving you the raw ingredients, they've already like cut it, cooked it, you know, and then just sealed it and then shipped it out to you. You're basically yeah. reheating it. Yeah. Yeah. And Terming, I don't know. Yeah, that it's been pretty popular in the states the past couple of years of these types of services that deliver. Yeah, whether it's like this, like where it's pretty much ready to go, just a little bit of reheating, or it's like pre portioned out like raw ingredients you to assemble um but it's it's i don't know it's pretty neat especially when they give you like recipe instructions or it's yeah pretty tasty and good variety of things i'm thinking more about the cooking and i think i know stephanie and i in terms we've gotten together a few times and had some real fun cooking i wouldn't say party this is just us two um, and we'll have like a solid experiments I, I i think is probably a better uh, phrase experiments yeah we usually will like make either we'll go get like a takeout of something that to make sure we uh-huh. actually have a solid meal or we don't <laughs> go hungry sure. but then one of us will find like a fun recipe online and just kind of like go with it and um and it's usually baking i guess more so on the experimenting well mostly because michelle has you know an undying love for cookies so cookies try and cater to that absolutely so do you have a favorite cookie or oh Oh, don't even get her started yes chocolate chip cookie just plain no salt like toll house or yeah pazuki yeah, chewy. Ooh, oh, I don't. Yeah, my God. not Chips Ahoy like crispy. I like the. It gotta chewy. be fresh. The Chips Ahoy chewy ones are good. The ooey gooey, yummy. I like I'm it re- slightly crusty, crispy on the exterior, but gooey on the interior. I can't. So I can't the 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 pizuki, like you're mentioning would be like perfect because the, yeah. that that's exactly how it is. Yes. Since it's so mm-hmm. like it's such a big disc of cookie. I like ooey. that it comes with ice cream. Ooey gooey nice and uh, chewy. But it melts yeah. so fast so you just have to well but then you just go after it. And, like, I mean I eat it the only way to go. <laughs> yeah I'm not taking True. it. True. So think... we we came up with a couple recipes that are cookie based right yeah. in our college uh, glory days. <laughs> yes. Yes. But I'm just thinking in hearing you both and I also have a similar 
ambition. I mean, I've started it a little bit last year, but want to continue it and grow with it, uh, with, with cooking, um, not necessarily baking for me, but just the idea of creation and the process of that mm. cooking, how sometimes you just, you really do have a recipe or sometimes you're like, well, I have these base ingredients and I have enough just inventory in my kitchen. And I feel like I have enough knowledge to put things together. Um, but I also like it when, how do I put this into words? When it really, maybe you said, I want this type of dish. Mm. And then by the end of it, you're like, I, I, I resorted to something I usually always go into. Like I wanted to make like a chicken tortilla soup, but I'm just making like minestrone soup, for instance, because mm. mm. uh, I always default to that. So that case, okay, so I'm framing things here. So with cooking, and I'm tying this to our main discussion is how I'm trying to segue this. But when you have the intention of like, oh, I want to try and experiment and do something, but you always go back to like, I know there's a phrase default oldies, but goldies or whatever, like your hard and true. What is nice and comfortable for you? Cause it's just easy and it's still mac good. and cheese, mac and cheese. Yeah. Classic. Like, what, <laughs> what's your mac and cheese, but also what are the things where you kind of surprise yourself? Um, whether you're like, I had the intention of doing this, but I ended up being this whole different thing. And I don't know if I invented a dish or whatever, but just the process of creating. And especially when you have maybe the baseline, the basic melody of it. And you're like, oh, let's add in these layers to here. Or we could add like a nice chill bit or how you serve it. So I just want to kind of get the pot stirring here. Mm, and um, Beautiful yeah. segue. Thoughts on that and how um, I think in Heremic Week have exciting conversation also about uh, music because Stephen turns out has similar tastes as us. Um, terms of very like incredibly similar yeah. so with it with with that conversation around cooking you know any any thoughts there for you too more in terry bang um i mean i you guys are talking about experimenting with the uh, baking or cooking and then you also mentioned baking um i i definitely find that a little easier because it's more just like the recipe is like almost like a science class or something where it's like you mix this and this and this and uh you put it in the oven. Um, actually, oh, not to go too much of a tangent, but it reminded me there's an episode of the Magic School Bus mm. where they're at like a bakery mm-hmm. and it is teaching you about chemistry through the baking of this. I forget if it's like bread or a pastry or something, but yeah. I just remember that like from childhood and always kind of stuck with me and uh, definitely a. Uh, kind of more of a baking person than than cooking okay i, I did I a like uh, chocolate good. banana cream pie actually last or previous Ooh. thanksgiving and it was a lot of fun Ooh, had that you really done good. that before or is it just by yourself or do you have nope i just uh, found a recipe i'm like this looks tasty so let's give it a try and i mean it's because it, as i said with the baking it's like okay you follow what it says and mm-hmm. you don't have to too many judgment calls on the baking versus the uh like the cooking is like is this boiling enough is it blackened enough or you know whatever it just feels a little bit more and i know there's more complex baking where i'm sure you need to make those sort of calls but for me i'm just like oh this pie turned out pretty well huh I that's think awesome i like to have a basis so like the first time i do something i'll follow everything by the book 
Mm-hmm. And then the second time it's up for interpretation, variation, modification, however you want to call it. And I think that second one is where I tend to enjoy it more because then I'm customizing it. And I think like you're talking about with music as well. Um, and I know I'm jumping ships a little bit more here. No, I'm kinda, ready. I'm, I'm ready to jump spaceships. Yeah. <laughs> jump to the next. Yeah. Um, I'm thinking like Harry Potter. Like I love the first Harry Potter soundtrack with John Williams. Yes. I think the second one is probably my favorite one. Um, maybe it's because I had that CD and not the first one, so I was able to listen to it more. But I think also like John Williams was able to expand a little bit further, deeper into the themes and like um, add more patterns and little sprinkles of you know like Gilderoy Lockhart's little ditties and 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 like the the spiders from Aragog um thing or or like um the Harry Potter like the the classic theme he's just able to elaborate more on it and um use that as like the beginning inaugural track as well as ending track um and I just really love that it was allowed to bloom and flourish and you know became it went through a couple different composers right um Right. By the time it got to the last yep. movie, but you still had that theme present, you know, in in you know variated or you know modified ways, but it was still very iconic because of how John Williams he had like a very horn strong horn based background. Like his music is very um, he he leans heavily on like the trombones and, and the trumpets and all that stuff. So I kind of like that strong presence. So question yeah. I have yeah. for you, Stephanie and Terry Rain, we've talked about Harry Potter a decent number of times uh, for Stephanie in particular. So Stephanie like read the books mm-hmm. and then the movies came kind of soon after the books mm-hmm. um, and very uh, influential and, important for stephanie uh yeah, but I, I just a, just a little bit smidge just a smidge uh so i have a question stephanie so for instance i didn't catch the full title but the spiders of oh uh aragog aragog so my question so when you hear and the track is called that as well uh just... there's one called spiders and there's one called aragog they sound very similar but okay. like you know Ron, I think, is like seeing the spiders at the beginning or something. So right, my question, my question is, when you yeah. hear that, so you're not watching the movie or anything, but when you just hear that track alone, uh-huh, uh-huh. are you thinking of the actual scene in the movie? Uh-huh. Are you thinking A or, or B? Are you thinking of the book, um, you know, of that part of the book? Or are you thinking of, or does it just bring about a general sense of emotion for you? Like... Maybe it's an, more of an eerie track, or does it kind of oscillate as you hear the track? Because you know, for me, sometimes when I hear certain movie soundtrack songs, I really can only think about that scene in the movie. Maybe a little bit of a memory from when I watched that scene, or like what was happening in my life. Uh, but sometimes, for whatever reason, certain soundtrack songs, if I hear this that soundtrack, um, that song, I can maybe remember the part in the movie. But I also just it bring in like just brings about this whole feeling feeling of a different like realm of emotions that is just independent from the film this is a very multi-layered question for me because i have been living with harry potter in my life for so long in <laughs> um so i think the first 
year or so of me listening to the soundtrack yes i was pretty much thinking of like the scene in the movie where you know you, you feel a little bit of the heebie-jeebies as you kind of see the spiders and they're doing something very abnormal you know like walking together and was a single file steven or something like that um oh, or yeah like and, they're, and uh, walking in the line right and the spot and i <clears throat> excuse me um the uh the spiders is when they're uh when they're when they see him in the hallway and they're like, oh wow, this is weird. Let's go, you know. The chamber of let's secrets go investigate. Has been Enemies of the air yeah. everywhere. And um, so you yeah. kind of feel that that sense of unease. But then as the years, you know, went on, you know, and I acquired the Harry Potter music book for playing piano, um, I would learn how to play it. And then, you know, mm. I know the piano is by no means, it's a poor substitute for a full orchestra, but you try to kind of recapture that sense. And so as I'd listen to it in the soundtrack, I'd be like identifying different elements that I was not able to capture on the piano and then try and like tinker around later on and um, replicate that a little bit more. Um, so it's it's a nuanced take, I think, but that's because I just kind of, got very obsessed with with the whole harry potter life of course genre. and i feel like there's a difference between like universe a soundtrack like a main theme versus mm-hmm. a specific scene track sure sure so i do want to like differentiate between that that's why i asked about this you know the specific talk about the spiders mm-hmm. versus mm-hmm. like the main theme mm-hmm. or you mm-hmm. know hedwig's theme even like that's also kind of a main theme song mm-hmm. throughout the movie series so yeah I like how you had that layer of when you actually, again, going back to the recipe bit, like when you actually try to recreate on your own with playing on the piano mm-hmm. and experimenting with that. Because there's only so much they can write down in the arrangement for the piano. Um, right. And sometimes you don't fall in love with that arrangement entirely. Sometimes it's good, you know, it's decent, but it's a good basis. And then you can, you know, elaborate from there. Mm-hmm. How about this question for you, Stephen? Anything come to mind? Um, well, yeah, in terms of, uh, you know, I've, I've always really enjoyed, uh, you know, I've, uh, been music's been my life for so long, but first with some piano and then I've, I'm a former, uh, band nerd. Um, so definitely, you what, know, what, ins- uh, what instrument the, or, oh, clarinet. So I might be a bit biased on some of this. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. I, uh, I don't know how polarizing that is for interviewing, like, <laughs> clarinet versus others maybe if they're another woodwind they're they're like oh my woodwind instrument is is superior but it's a whole band band thing (laughs) i like bassoon it's uh, quite a lovely sound the the right of spring uh stravinsky excellent bassoon opening but um i i I digress a little bit there um but yeah for me with with these uh this incidental music you know music in the background of of you know movies tv shows video games those sort of things i it it really sometimes actually drives me like in the op like from the music to the original work to the movie to the video game to the tv show i know that may be kind of backwards how people will normally do it where they they are interested in the movie or or, or something first and they're like oh this music is good oh. I, i'll just pick up a soundtrack and it's like I want to see what this is kind of about. Like, this is great. And um, one of those for me was... Uh, so so just, the, just, the to, lo- just to paraphrase, so you'll encounter something based on its soundtrack before the actual source material. Yeah, like, like I'll, I'll be on a, 
you know, Spotify or something and, and uh-huh. be listening through, through music and maybe on the suggestions, something keeps popping up because it's similar to something else I like. Okay. And, and it'll pop up and I'll listen. It's like, wow, that's, uh, you know, I keep listening to it. It's like, I can't, you know, like it's just on repeat. It's like, maybe I should actually watch that. So I know what the context is. Do you take a pause? I know you have an example, so I don't want to like forget that point. But for me, I would have fun with that and have like a nice pause moment and try to think about what it's about. Like, you know, you have the movie or tv show title obviously and like season three but i'd be like what is this about like and what's I would going wanna, on what's, what's going scene? on what's happening here and then i would want to watch taking it. it in yeah i don't know if you do that one or the other steven yeah um sorry could you repeat that sorry yeah uh, that was uh, all of it but it was just whenever you're listening to these soundtracks and maybe it's of something you've not seen before you find a movie soundtrack you've not seen the movie but you're you know growing or you know uh really enjoying the soundtrack before you actually watch that movie do you actually do you take a moment to try to come up based on what how the soundtrack sounds to you do you try to um kind of extrapolate what you think the movie plot is and what what it's about what kind of themes it has at all or do you just kind of go into and watch the movie I mean, I do think a little bit, it does give me kind of like a thought like, okay, this instrumentation here makes me think this, like maybe if it's trumpets, there's a battle scene, or maybe if okay. there's like, if it just all of a sudden gets, you know, all the other instruments drop out and there's like a, a quiet violin solo is like, okay, something either really good or really bad just happened. And then, you know, before I jump into the movie, it's like, okay, I think it goes kind of like this. And then I see how it's used in it. And it's like, okay, that's pretty accurate or, oh, you know, that went kind of different than I thought it would. But yeah, that is definitely interesting, you know, to think about it that way in terms of how how the preconception before diving into that uh, is. So I have a follow-up question for you then. Um, can, I, can I add a quick example though, real quick? Oh yeah. Sure. Because yeah. an example of that to me, Stephen, is with the Interstellar soundtrack. I think we talked about this, Stephanie, how- Excellent soundtrack. Um, Christopher Nolan came to Hans Zimmer and front of the podcast, (laughs) honorary from the podcast, but came to Hans Zimmer to say, you know, this, I want you to make a soundtrack and it's about, um, you know, a parent child relationship, father and son relationship, father, son, I believe. Yeah. He didn't because Hans Zimmer has a son, I believe. Yes. So the director, Christopher Nolan did not make any mention about being a space sci-fi film. And so I think that was interesting. So, if you did what Steven does with the Interstellar soundtrack, I'd be curious. I mean, I guess the name kind of gives it away that it has to do something with Interstellar. But if you didn't know and you just listened to it blind, would you also think this sounds like something with love and family bonding? It's very poignant, yeah. Poignant. Or do you think it yeah. is something like big, you know, intergalactic things? So, yeah, that's an example. And then I, I do. I don't want to. I know Stephanie, you have something to say, but I remember Stephen was about to get to an example like way back when. So yeah, yeah, go, go, go ahead with your example, Stephen. Yeah, so, so the uh, kind of the the big example of of you know where where that's happened, where I've listened to the music and I'm just like, okay, I need to watch this thing. This this music's so good, you know, the movie's got to be fantastic. It's the Lord of the Rings series. I I actually mm. didn't. This is embarrassing. But I didn't watch them until probably when I was in college, mm-hmm. just because I, I no was worries. big. You got, to, you got around to it. Yeah. I was on a Harry Potter binge for so long. Hey. And yeah, like Stephanie, I was right there just, with I, you, buddy. 
It was very much Harry Potter versus Lord of the Rings movies back in the day for like people's attention. So it was mm-hmm. um Star Wars was up there too, I believe. Oh mm-hmm. yeah. But but yeah, it's just um so oh, that's the... so cool. That's so cool. Cause I I've had the books and then the films when they came out. I have a I have an older sibling who was like really into Lord mm. of the Rings and so watched the movies a lot as like primary school age, even director's cut and things. You've so, told me you had like marathons. Boy, that yeah. sounds brutal. I love Lord of the Rings. Extended edition, or? but Except, yeah, yeah, like the director's cut, so extended edition. Yeah, that'd be a full weekend. Yeah, it's it sounds. Oh, wow. Uh, like like a slug. I'm. I love them, but I would never put. Yeah, no. My my older brother, he really had the stamina, but I would like glaze. I mean, some of those battle scenes are just like. Well, I, I want to do the movie. Helm's service. Deep is like. Great. I want to do Peter Jackson's service, and I don't want to hate you know my life and and the whole series by the time I get to movie number three, because that's the most epic one. But you know, it's just. And to clarify, we're talking about the, I guess, the first trilogy versus the Hobbit series. Oh yeah, I mean different, yeah. but it is the same composer mm-hmm. for both, and he did a really great job. Howard Shore was the composer. Um, I was looking, you know, okay, what other movies and stuff he does, and I didn't recognize a lot of them. I know there's the the Aviator, recently, which is uh, Leonardo DiCaprio great film. Uh, portraying Howard Hughes. Really good, yeah, excellent like movie for sure. And then um, I recognized by name, but never seen a. Uh, Gangs of New York. I I think mm-hmm. that was really big Leo when it film, came right? out. Yeah, very different genres. I'm, I'm sure. Yeah, Leo. Oh, Leonardo, very. Yeah, DiCaprio is also in that film, but yeah, very different genres, which is really cool. Yeah, and yeah, it's just uh, it was really interesting though. Like um, you know the the whole process that that uh that Shore went through, you know, and in, in um putting together the music. So mm-hmm. normally with with you know um writing these scores for these movies they get about six to eight weeks for a movie just to kind you kind of just rush through the whole thing because um you know uh they're they're not really going to hold up waiting on that part of the process so it's really Mm -hmm. small time span but um with uh with the lord of the rings movies uh so what what he did is he started going off of the scripts and the books like right once once you know that that stuff's available and Mm. instead of spending six to eight weeks per film uh combined across all three movies he spent four years working on the combined throughout the trilogy um and and he kind of treated it almost as like he was writing an opera almost um you know in terms of being very thematic and um really using um a light motif which um and Bank, for those of you who might not know the term it's basically a short recurring musical phrase associated with a particular person place or idea so like an example how do you, how do you spell it how do you spell it? that's one it's, word it's uh l-e-i-t-m-o-t-i-f it comes from uh German meaning leading motif or guiding motif and motif just being a short musical idea. So it's very, yeah, it's very direct, you know, German, English. And, um, but it, it's basically, you know, like um, example of Lord of the Rings would be um, the fellowship theme, which, um, which appears when the fellowship comes together in Rivendell. Um, and really interesting is as they break apart, uh, really neat part of your, uh, movie music buff 
is the theme gets stripped down and, and simplified in terms of instrumentation. You know, in the Hobbits, each go their mm. separate ways and everyone kind of breaks up. You'll hear little bits and pieces of it through the trilogy. Um, and it doesn't really start coming back together until the final movie, Return of the King, when the Fellowship kind of succeeding in their mission and they're all starting to they're come back reunited. together. And the, oh, yeah, that's the theme so amazing. I didn't know that. And it love that. That's so true. Yeah, that's glory. so true. Yeah, you're so right, Stephen. Yeah, it would just be like a single, you know, clarinet or oboe, just kind of like wandering around as you know when the hobbits is going around. Frodo and Sam, they're going together, but like yeah. definitely less cheery than how it was like at the beginning of the onset. Um, oh, and, that's interesting. And I like Howard Shore a lot because I'm familiar with some of his other films he's done. Um, done the soundtrack for. It's a lot of like uh, kind of horror thriller like the movie seven silence mm. of the lambs for instance and i think that translates so well into the lord of the rings soundtrack because he can really bring about that sense of like eeriness and like deeply rooted uneasiness that is so applicable mm-hmm. to the storyline of the lord of the rings because these characters are traveling to these unknown areas and you know going through caves and dwellings and you know mysterious forest you don't know what's around each corner and oftentimes it is pretty scary very suspenseful one of the uh yeah one of the tracks that comes to mind for for me and i i don't remember the top of my head the name but basically it's the scene um in one of the movies where uh frodo and sam are i think they're near mordor or going through mordor i don't know my geography of middle earth right but what a they're in she- they're going through yeah and i I need to brush up. No shame. Uh, enough on that. No, 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 no. But uh, <laughs> they're going through uh, through caves and they don't know what they are. And it turns yeah. out it's Shelob, the giant spider's lair. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And and it starts off kind of eerie music at first, but you know, just kind of regular ominous. And uh-huh. then as the spider merges, almost all the instrumentation drops out except for these kind of horror strings, mm-hmm. just like going mm-hmm. at it, and it just. Mm-hmm. I'll I'll listen to it even you know without the movie. It's like this is really and, like, chilling, unsettling. Yeah, yeah. But then you know, kind of on the um, it's always a other stars, other man. hand. No, I'm saying, uh, like, we'll we'll link both of. The, well, I'll try to find the scenes on YouTube or something in Terabang. We'll link those in in this episode for reference. Oh, there, there's there's I've seen the exact track for We've both got Harry it Potter the... and Lord of the Rings. Yeah, just for yeah Terabang. But uh, one like then on the opposite end, I think he does a really great job at kind of uplifting stuff as well. Mm-hmm. Like, um, yeah, my absolutely. personal favorite track in all the movies is um, the Fellowship Reunited, which is mm-hmm. um, I don't know how how much in Terabang you guys are, know like about all the trilogy, but it's near the end of Return of the King, and it starts in the scene where Frodo wakes up in Rivendell, and all his friends are there to greet him. And it's just a moment of happiness. And it goes all the way through um, the scene with Aragorn's coronation. Um, but what really puts it over the top for me is the reprise of the concerning Hobbits theme when Aragorn tells the Hobbits that they bow to no one. It's just definitely some happy tears there. But just, wow. Just After everything an they've amazing... been through. And then the background, I just remember how, you know, they, how they sh- shot those scenes. It's like there's so much light. They have all this natural light pouring in they've really like washed out the background to be kind of this really illuminating glow of light. darkness gets gets washed out yeah by the it's light. such a contrast to the previous like what hour of the film at least 
Um, we can hardly oh, see doom anything. and gloom and just <laughs> so much when, when they're when they're at the battle at the black gate. And, yeah, yeah. So it's a beautiful contrast on the screen as well as just what you hear in the soundtrack. And I know, uh, so uh, Stephanie, I know that you have taken some interest in some of the Scandinavian um, cultural elements. So there's Indeed. one thing that I uh, saw that I think you'd take interest in, and you probably already know this, but um, all like throughout it, uh, Howard Shore also uses a lot of instruments thematically um, within the, like the instrumentation to tell part of the story. And there's an instrument used to symbolize Rohan, the writer's Rohan, mm -hmm. uh, called, uh, I think it's, and forgive me for my poor pronunciation, I think it's a Hardinger fiddle. It's a Norwegian stringed instrument that's similar to a violin. Mm -hmm. And okay. so it's, it's used in the theme for Rohan and it's supposed to invoke uh, kind of a Northern European uh, kind of vibe because at least huh. in the films, Rohan is, is a very Norse, Northern European inspired culture. I didn't know um, that. So it's very interesting, the use of it. And it's not even played traditionally in the movie, but it's just, it gives it that sound. And okay, I just think it's really interesting how there's just so many layers to the score where it's both the different themes and leitmotif and also the instrumentation itself. Um, not going to go too far down the rabbit hole there, but- No, I love this. This is awesome. I didn't, there's, I didn't there's know that. There's actually thought... a whole book on it, apparently. Oh, I'm sure there's, oh, what's it, there's what's many it called? books. Or do you know oh, the title? I I do not remember okay. off top we'll, of my we'll head. We'll add it later. Yeah. I just okay. I just forced myself not to to read the whole thing in the past couple of days. So I'm like, I'll read that some other time. <laughs> but <laughs> hey, it's easy rabbit yeah. hole to fall through. Oh, definitely. But that that's just a, you know that that was just you know one of the examples where I just kind of fall in love with the music, the 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 the. The world that, that the music creates, yeah. That's exactly it, it just, what I was thinking. It fully exactly. transports you. Fully transports I mean, you. Sometimes I'll just like listen to the concerning hobbits, like you know the stuff about the Shire, and it just feels like I'm relaxing in the meadow and the lovely, peaceful like, sunny day. Flute, pan flutes and flutes. Um, as exactly. you're, mm -hmm. it's got very like earthy, warm tones. Um, I had a so my question for you, um, that was a follow up from Michelle's was, um when you listen to the music while you're watching the movie after you've heard it from like spotify beforehand um yeah are you thinking about the music or are you like usually so drawn into the visuals plus the music that you don't really like think too much about it because like when i watch movie trailers i have this problem where I can't watch a movie trailer um, closer than six months within of when I watch it in the actual theaters. Otherwise, you know, my brain just has a checklist of all the scenes I'm going to see from the trailer. And then I'm like, okay, yep, hmm. that happened. The second clip happened. Okay. Time for clip four to like roll around. You know, it's not that I call it clip four, but it's like, uh, this is the, where that other thing happens or I thought that was supposed to happen. I guess I edited that part out or something, you know, like, and I'm just yes. waiting. So it kind of like ruins the surprise for me because a lot of the trailers these days are so telling. Or sometimes if sometimes it shows you a scene in the trailer and you feel like, oh, that's probably, it's probably this kind of scene. This is probably what's going down. And then mm -hmm. it's like in the actual They've movie. They've changed the meaning. Yeah, it's just it like a short, a short 
shot like right at the beginning of the film it's a red herring yeah you're like oh i thought there was gonna be so much more to that okay so does the music kind of do that to you sometimes or um you're just kind of more engrossed with the whole atmosphere of of the movie watching experience i know it's uh, pretty tough one it's like it's like it it depends like Mm -hmm. like like with the floor of the rings like you'll have the the concerning hobbits theme with the shire and everything and so maybe like for example when they do the intro where it's like camera pan into the shire and everything i'll be i'll be like oh oh the music's so great and everything but mm-hmm. then you know later when they when it's a reprise and it comes in somewhere i mean obviously i'm not ignoring it but i'm looking at it more holistically so there definitely are moments in in you know not just lord of the rings but in in like a film or video game in general or something where i'll hear the music and it'll take me out of it a bit just mm-hmm, because mm-hmm. or not out of it but i'll be like oh the music's so good and it, mm-hmm. I, I mean these things are all audio visual productions so it's mm-hmm. it it's maybe not quite as uh jarring yeah okay. it's, it's like it's not maybe something where typically it's like so much focus on the the, sure. the the music the audio like the average uh you know moviegoer or something but it's yeah. just with that music background it's like oh you know maybe i'm maybe i'm listening for the clarinet or something and sure. uh and that'll probably like for example be like oh what's the instrument here or something mm. and um what <laughs> one example and I realized this kind of listening back at the Harry Potter soundtracks after like, after, like the Sorcerer's Stone after I'd been in band for a while. So it'd been a number of years later. And so from the, it's called the chess game, the scene from the Sorcerer's Stone with a giant mm-hmm. chess board. Ooh, and yeah, during one yeah. of the ports parts where the chess pieces start moving and stuff, mm-hmm. there's this like really ominous sounding. And I realized later that's, bass clarinet that's a bass clarinet solo oh, and I'm like nice. that is amazing cool. because you never get that and I think maybe like I think somewhere in the nutcracker there's one but it's like it's so rare I'm like oh that's mm. cool so so yeah I mean to long story short there is sometimes I just kind of get lost in the music when I'm watching it for the first time I love like the music analysis part yeah it's fun it's fun I I feel like yeah, you mentioned a few times and I definitely want to get to a little touch on it a little bit, but with video games, because I think that's really neat um, because like you're really interacting with the world. And so you're like, you, you know, different parts of your brain are activated and then, you know, the music, whatever it is, um, it ties to maybe your actions or something. And, you know, maybe in some video games, if maybe there's certain themes or sets of songs that are tied to a certain map or planet or um, maybe a certain quest you're doing or a mission you're doing. So I like that a lot. For instance, I kind of grew up being around Star Wars. So I watched the movies and then I play some video games uh, that use the same original soundtrack. And so they, you know, they matched kind of where the songs were played in the movie to like that correspond to whatever planet you were actually playing on whatever that map was so the fates yeah and i feel that really enhanced the soundtrack for me because yeah with the video game versus yeah movies you're you're part of the action now you're you're just just watching watching yeah taking it in but with a video game and then myself i kind of have a dance background so sometimes i've done dance performances where i've taken 
some of these kind of soundtrack songs like i know stephanie and i had a lot of fun one time um when i wanted to do something with like um the interstellar theme song like s-t-a-y not really the theme but one of the main songs and do like an aerial circus piece with it oh it was amazing how she was like explaining the choreography while like certain notes were hitting their marks and i was like i can't even begin to imagine how your how your brain's like formulating all these shapes with the, the 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 shape of the sound too yeah and so it was really cool but just i liked that extra added dimension of when you're really interacting and engaging in that way mm-hmm. um yeah i don't know i just you mentioned video games steven and i so for me i think more than like doing things visually uh, i guess tactically i think i really like analyzing the the music you know and breaking it down and that's how i like to unearth the layers so like i think um, I've always liked Bach as a classical composer um, because of all the different layers. Like you said, Stephen with the light motifs, he takes like a theme and then like really runs with it. He, you know, um, reverses it, turns it upside down, um, you know, like puts multiple layers on it, throws it in, you know, like different um, intervals to like, you know, create a step up or, you know, create some dissonance and then brings it back to the original way. So I kind of saw that with uh, Tenet um in the Chris another Christopher Nolan movie right but this time I think uh Hans Zimmer was uh busy with Dune so uh he put forward his protege Ludwig Goranson who did Black Panther I think we've discussed this before Michelle yes and um they uh so Ludwig Goranson did a really good job making Tenet feel very like uneasy and just like a very action thriller kind of movie Mm -hmm. But then WB, Warner Brothers, they released another soundtrack of Tenet, but inverted, like reversed. Um, and it it doesn't sound like much. I have to Like admit. it's perfectly inverted? They didn't just like tweak a few things? No, like they literally just played they, it they in reverse. They just hit the reverse button and like, here's Missy, another I one. I think just, it's on just Missy Elliott. Just did a Missy Elliott on it. Yeah, and then just released as, you know, like, I mean, they called. I forgot they just called it Tenet again because, like, in the inverted version, name of Tenet is just Tenet. Um, but I'll, I'll, we'll have to include the YouTube link for that too. Um, but it's just kind of interesting how you know how like people say the Beatles albums. They, you know, if you or uh, is it Pink Floyd? You play it slowly backwards. It like has a secret message. I, I have not found a secret message inside Tenet um, when it's played backwards. But um, I think it's definitely interesting to listen to. I think you still get the same feeling and ambiance, which I think is quite intriguing considering it is, you know, inverted. Um, But it's, uh, and I know when you do play it forwards, there are some bits that do sound backwards. So it's, it's quite fun, I think, just to listen to, even if it doesn't really feel like it makes any sense. But that's kind of like the fun of it, I suppose. You're a bit discombobulated. I feel like uh, my first and so far only watched through the movie what was kind of the same thing it was didn't fully understand it but was fun you know going being caught all, up in the journey yeah after watching i was reading an explainer on it but yeah definitely always a great soundtrack uh just makes the movie so much so much better lifts it up mm-hmm. it's real quick one uh other uh piece that i i enjoy and, and I think this movie's also Christopher Nolan. I forget if it is. Gotta uh, love Christopher Nolan's taste. So, uh, time from Inception is that 
Christopher yes. Nolan? Okay. Yes. So it's it's just I don't know what's about like I can listen to that one completely independent of the movie and it just it's it feels kind of it's not necessarily peaceful. It's like it's it's kind of it's poignant. Um yeah, it's like it it it's I don't know, it's just it's it's not it's just kind of there because at the in the movie it's used kind of at the end like when the resolution and they're through, you know, all the all the conflict and and yes. Leonardo DiCaprio's character gets to go, uh, you know, home to his kids or the big crescendo of the that, horn. It's, just, it's, so, it's, it's used it's, at the end, but isn't it kind of sprinkled throughout whenever is. Leonardo DiCaprio's wife is there? The memories, yeah. And then, yeah. you know, it's kind of that, like, not yearning, but... It's almost wistful, I think, yes, really. That's so, exactly it's, the it's, yeah, that's what I was trying to think of earlier. It's like, it's He's not like wistfully quite thinking happy of her. and it's not sad. It's just like, it's, it's almost like a nostalgic, wistful kind of, like, at peace with feeling yes i, I think know. that's right that's like when it finally sort of reaches a resolution like he's he's kind of like made peace with it is how it's going to be uh and i don't have to keep thinking about like the bad times and the good times just kind of embrace it and let it envelop you i just like yep. how the, the last note though does like give it like a but are you at peace yeah you can see I, the, the the top wobble the totem. totem definitely in the camp that says that was reality at the end I, I know there's some debates but i think that was real christopher nolan like or michael kane gave the game away right i forgot what he said but yeah, he there gave was it and then oh, there, there was nolan a tell was like, in the scene Aw. yeah he yeah there's there's it. something in the scene where it's like this person is only here in reality or this thing is here. Or Michael the- Caine, I think he's only in reality. So because he showed up in when the kids were there, um, it means it was yeah, reality. I think that's what I, I, I think yeah, I think that's what, what I remember is. reading. But I'm, for, the, for the sake of the movie, though, I do like how you can interpret it either way. Yes. yes oh, yeah. That is so. a fun, fun kind of ending thematically just to go about like throughout the whole movie is like, what is reality, you know? Um, mm-hmm. And then it, it, if you if you can't tell, does it make a difference? Kind of, there's a lot of that throughout the movie. So, Do you live in your then, own reality of your own creation? Is that still considered yeah. reality? So at the, yeah, at the end, DiCaprio's character doesn't look back at the top to see if it falls over or not, because at that point, to doesn't him, matter to him anymore. it doesn't it doesn't matter anymore if it's you know if it's reality or not. He's content. Yeah. Um, I'd like to give a shout out to Alan Walker's. Mind. I was just, I was just revisiting that. I just, I just checked. My, I think it was Alan so, Walker. Yeah, yeah, it was yeah. Alan Walker. And we, he, we shared. This is on. We shared this on a previous playlist too. So Alan Walker is another Norwegian DJ, a contemporary of Kaigo, um, and he uh, also loves Hans Zimmer. And um, I think the first time I had heard this version of this was um, when he was helping. Uh, Kygo promote like his latest album, the Golden Hour album, but he was doing it from the Bergen Aquarium in Norway. And but he had in this aquarium, he was in some kind of aquarium room, but it's not like there was a wall of fish. There was um, those like crazy EDM lights, like strobe lights, sort of but coming radiating out from behind him. So it's like a blue kind of hue background like a glow to but yeah. there was like these rays of red just shooting out from behind him and like you know moving all around us he's like 
creating these pulsating beats of from the in time theme and then like adding his own you know electronic beats to it and I think it was it was still kind of poignant but it kind of makes you want to like bop a little bit which is kind of an interesting mixture of feelings that you want to um, have to deal with because I believe it came out either in 2020 or 2021 and I for me my interpretation of it it had kind of a Blade Runner aspect to it yeah where it did feel kind of very futuristic and colder and that (coughs) sense of like excuse me no problem that sense of emptiness and kind of what Stephen was saying of like nostalgia Mm -hmm. and and, and reminiscence and longing for the past I think yeah the timing of its release during kind of those early days of COVID of isolation Mm. and this like what is happening are we already at like that Blade Runner stage of of the world where it is very futuristic and kind of um it's like dystopian era Mm -hmm. um but it still had that sense of longing and wanting connection which was also a common theme during that time uh but I, I thought it was very cool how um and it was an active collaboration because like I remember they released a music video of it and Hans Zimmer yes. was like in it like showing that he was playing as well yes um so that was yeah I thought it was a very interesting uh, I guess remix yeah of the old and the new I think you're right like because the movie was released in what 2010 2010 and you know, not that um, old but the sound Alan Walker of it, came out in 2020 ish there would have been sort of a 10 year anniversary you know remix yeah. essentially of this track so yeah that's a good that's a good one to mention Stephen. so the theme okay. that i'm kind of, i'm kind of getting from what we've talked about in this episode for music at least for right now where we are right now i know in terabang we always have a variety of songs but i think yeah the theme is uh music that's really transports us like completely to where we are and I know that's something that Stephanie talked about a lot but it's just like whether it's a different kind of a world like in Lord of the Rings or in Harry Potter for instance um, I think that's maybe a sense of yeah escapism in a way but also just lets you have this like opens up the ceiling of terms of imagination and what can happen and that's what ha- you know that's what you witness when you watch the movies or TV shows when you see these characters encounter things that are completely foreign or different and but they also have you know very human responses uh, and how they process and deal with these things and um, be they hobbit dwarves elves or orcs yes <laughs> so that's just a theme i'm kind of noticing uh for what we've talked about and also just kind of the disguise of certain instruments that we didn't realize were and how it's it's a great experience both ways, whether you can identify the instrument or kind of the kind of hack that was done in terms of composing the piece, or you just enjoy it, the effect that it has on you. I think uh, both ways are wonderful. Well said. Yeah, yes, definitely. Well, golly, thanks so much, Stephen, for joining us. I hope you can return whenever you'd like. Uh, yes, thanks. Indeed. Appreciate you guys for having me. It's so much fun hanging out with you guys. This was really fun. This was really delightful. <laughs> uh, and Terabang, I hope you have a good rest of your day or night. And yes, feel free to give a shout out if there's anything that you'd like to add to this song list that we'll be releasing. Let us know uh, what you're nerdy nerding out about. Yeah, what are your thoughts? And uh, thank you for listening. Bye.